Hello and welcome to the Um Yes Sports Podcast. This is Reagan phoning for Chris today. It is Wednesday, November 17th. How are we doing today, John? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. We have quite a bit of NFL news to cover. Uh, a lot of things going on, some funny things, some not-so-funny things. One of those things being the Monday night matchup, Rams 49ers. What happened to the Rams? Uh, I mean, <laughs> what really didn't happen to the Rams against the 49ers? The 49ers were able to... Uh, pretty much do anything they wanted to against the Rams, and most of it was through the ground, um, through the ground game. They really didn't have to pass all that often unless, of course, they wanted to because the Rams were at the will of the 49ers. They had, in the first quarter, they had one possession, or first half, it had one possession for like 10 minutes, another one for seven, milked most of the clock out of the game, and the Rams only had t- two possessions because of how much time that the 49ers took out of the game, and uh, it proved in the fact that they got an interception from the Rams and then got, or it was maybe three possessions because also the interceptions you had to watch out for because they threw two interceptions on their first few possessions and then got a touchdown, and then things just didn't really go their way. It was 21-7, to uh, I think, at the end of the first half, and things didn't click for them. Um, I mean, there was a lot of drops, a lot of miscues, uh, one of the drops being by Tyler Higby that then gave the 49ers that 21-point uh, or it was it was the 14-point uh, lead uh, early on, and then they tried to do the deep ball to OBJ. That didn't work out. OBJ blew the route, did something completely random, and then it was pretty much just straight to the 49er guy. I'm not really sure exactly what happened there, but they got to clean that up. I mean, if you watch this game, there wasn't a whole lot that you could be excited about if you're a Rams fan. And if this was the first game of the season, you would be wondering if all the add-ons were uh, were a good choice. And right now you have to wonder if they're going to they're be – uh, if there's going to be chemistry there, because Matthew Stafford and OBJ and Vaughn Miller, they're the new or kind of the newcomers. Obviously, Matt Stafford's been there the longest, but Vaughn Miller's got to prove he can be on this uh, defense and click with Aaron Donald and the uh, likes um, and Jalen Ramsey on the uh, on the defense of the Rams. And then also OBJ has to prove that he can join this wide receiver course seamlessly and can make plays. And and during that against the Ram or against the 49ers, they were able to do a few things with decoy with uh, OBJ, which worked well for him to get Cooper Cup wide open. Um, which I think they're going to have to keep on doing, and then also gave OBJ some opportunities to catch the football. So there was some good opportunities, some op- uh, some good plays that we saw the Rams do, but there wasn't anything that really kind of was impressive uh, by the Rams when you watch the game. Uh, I know I was just kind of disappointed <laughs> to watch the Rams because this is another team that we've grown accustomed to uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the season. And to have a, um, an offense impose their will that much on you like that, that's kind of hard to watch, especially with the defense and defensive line that the, that the Rams have. I mean, you can call it just an off week for them, but Tennessee also gave some crap to them uh, last Sunday night. So they've had some back-to-back bad weeks of football. Um, Von Miller obviously didn't play on Sunday, and neither did OBJ because he's a new accusi- um, a new um, pickup. Sorry, and I mean obviously the Rams do have a bye week coming up this week, so they'll have time to fix things up, get the chemistry built, all of that. But right now you got to make two make sure two things don't happen. One that chemistry doesn't end up being built between the players, the newcomers, and the veterans. If that doesn't happen, um, then their Super Bowl hopes can be. Um, shattered pretty easily and secondly if Matthew Stafford feels like he's forced to throw the ball to OBJ which could also happen because that deep ball clearly wasn't a deep ball that Matthew Stafford should have been throwing it was two guys against one probably should have just checked it down or threw it away that was a forced play that really should not have happened and I mean we talked about it um a couple podcasts ago where 
basically like OBJ's got to be fine with being a gadget guy and not the guy. And if they can do the things that they were doing, we got little nuances of in this 49ers game, then I think they're going to have success. But if they're not able to do that and OBJ gets mad about it, then I don't know. It's, it could be a long season for yeah. them. Um, but if they end, cause they invested a lot. I mean, the Rams are known to invest a lot into veteran players to help them win. But if it doesn't work out with all the pieces that they've added and, um, the, not having a whole lot of draft choices in the first few rounds and whatnot. If they don't end up getting to the Super Bowl, there'll be a lot of people that look at them kind of, kind of sideways and be like, "What happened?" Because I mean, yeah. you had the pieces, you had the opportunity to go all the way, and you blew it. But I don't like to go too high or too low over one game. Obviously, OBJ just came in, Von Miller, and they didn't play a whole lot. Uh, I would look more at the veterans and say this was just an off week. I mean, Cooper Cup's not known to drop footballs. Uh, Tyler Higby's not known to drop footballs straight into the <laughs> defense uh, defensive players' arms. This defense is not known to give up that long of possessions or that long of time of possession to a team like the, uh, the 49ers. And the 49ers and them have history, and the 49ers have been known to bash them physically uh, in the last few matchups. So there's a lot of stuff that you could say that, yeah, that we could have known that was going to happen to the Rams. But right now, I think it's best as a Rams fan to look at the good and not the bad. And if you're the Rams head coach in the Rams front office, to look at the bad and a little bit of the good because you need to fix this. Yep. But if you're a fan, I think there's some really good stuff that you can look at and kind of work from. But I want to see Von Miller make a little bit more of an impact. I think he will. I think he's just kind of recovering uh, from the injury that he had. So he's just kind of coming back a little bit. And so after this bye week, I expect an explosive game from this Rams. At least I hope they'll have an explosive game because that is what the fans uh, need. And uh, if if not, there'll be plenty more to talk about. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, it was a very interesting game to watch. A team that is really, really doing well, kind of at the peak right now, uh, the Titans. They're in a really good spot, 8-2 and record, tied for the best record in the NFL. Um... So they're going to be entering the you know hardest part of the season, but I think that their schedule as compared to some other teams is actually going to be a pretty easy stretch for them. Um, I know they're missing Derrick Henry, but um, what do you think? How they're going to fare going more towards the playoffs? Uh, how they're going to fare? Let's see. So they've got the Texans, they've got the Patriots, they've got the Jaguars, they've got the Steelers. 49ers, Dolphins, and then Texans again. Okay, so they're going to be faring pretty well. <laughs> so they going should be the just fine. Uh, the teams that they got to worry about are probably the Patriots. Maybe the 49ers if they're mm-hmm. able to do what they did last time in the Steelers. And then everyone else are just going to probably absolutely destroy. Because if you're able to do what they're able to do against the Rams and make the Rams look silly, you could definitely make the Texans look silly. Yep. You can definitely make the <laughs> Dolphins look silly, especially with their quarterback situation, which who knows is going on there. Two is struggling. Yep. Uh, defense kind of stepped up against the Ravens. We'll see how long that lasts. I don't think it will last long. Playing the Texans twice in, in the back heart of the or the, play, the hardest part or the part that you're trying to get to the playoffs, this is a pretty good schedule, especially being eight and two, like you said. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could finish the season at what? Let me see here. So nine and two, maybe. Uh, and then you got. Let me just count the wins. So nine and two, ten and two, uh, eleven and two, twelve and two, thirteen and two, um, and then possibly they'll lose against the, maybe the Steelers and probably the Patriots, just basically based off the way that they've been playing. 
I mean, they just narrowly held off the Saints uh, last week to kind of pull off that victory. But with that remaining schedule, I don't think there's much question that the Saints should win a or the Saints, the Saints. Okay, the Tennessee Titans should win a vast majority of those games. Yes. Um, the Jaguars. I mean, they made a little bit of a comeback against the Colts, try to get things going, but Trevor Lawrence is still still improving, still working on it. Their defense is probably the strong point of that team. I've always said that from the beginning that I like the Jaguars' defense, but the three running backs that they've been kind of cycling in, I've been doing a good job of keeping the running game afloat. And like I mentioned last podcast, there is a chance that Derrick Henry comes back in postseason football. So if they do what, do well yep. here, they'll get a bye week, week one in the playoffs, and then Derrick Henry could be back, and then things could be very sad for the AFC. Yes, that would be quite a playoff <laughs> run for the Tennessee Titans. It'd actually be quite a story. I mean, think about it. Like Derrick Henry in and of himself is a story, which we'll talk about in yep. a second, but... I mean, Tennessee Titans lose Julio Jones, who they traded for, Derrick Henry, and they're still 8-2, and two, and then have this back half, and then could also get the first seed in the AFC, and then could possibly get their star running back, and then could make a little bit of a push. That's yep. quite the, the, the um, what do you want to call it? I mean, the, it's a great the, the key to success, the blueprint to success for this Tennessee Titans team. They got to just make sure they're putting the pedal down, though, each game. Because any game can turn into a trap game. Just because it looks like a win on paper doesn't mean it's going to be a win on the football field. Because anything can happen, and the Bucks proved that last week. Yeah. They've got to make sure they keep things going. As I like, I mentioned Jacksonville, Miami. Those defenses have shown that they can step up. But realistically, if they play good football and they've been playing the way that we've grown accustomed to them playing with uh, AJ Brown, Adrian Peterson. Um, uh, Ryan Tannehill, the guys that they have, the defense has kind of been stepping up a little bit as well. I think they'll be just fine against most of those teams. I think the Patriots could be a little bit of a problem, especially because of the way that uh, Mac Jones has been playing. We talked about how he could be the best rookie quarterback in the league right now, and right now he's has he is on that way of doing of getting to that point and getting that reward, maybe the best rookie of the year offensively. And the way he's been able to put the ball in the correct positions and also this defense who has a lot of potential could absolutely stay in it with the Tennessee Titans. Steelers, same thing. Great offense. Mac, uh, not Mac, Mac Jones. Come on. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. We'll see if he's going to be coming back in that game because right now he is injured and Mason has not proved that he can do a very good job tied with the Lions, which is like, okay, he just tied with the Lions. <laughs> which a funny story on that is, I don't know. You guys have probably heard this, but I don't know if you have rain, but... He, uh, Najee after the game said, I didn't know you could end in a tie. Yeah. <laughs> he was ready to go ahead and just deliver the final blow on the, the lines, but that never really happened. That was a really sad game. I don't really want to talk about that yeah. game. It was so, I mean, if you tie against an 0 8 team, you kind of have to wonder mm. what team you truly are. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against Najee. Like, no, I think Najee's a really good running back and will have a bright future. But, um, I saw that stat and I saw that they have the, the easiest ending um, part of the season. I looked at it and I'm like, okay, wow, they truly do have the easiest ending of yes, the season of any team. Yeah, and you were mentioning uh, Derrick Henry and another stat that came up was posted by uh, NFL and CBS. Derrick Henry still tied for the most rushing yards in the NFL at like 937 rushing yards. And he hasn't played since week eight. So, you know, if they're able to get him back in the back half of the season, it it's going to be a rough playoff season for everybody else. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is probably going to catch up to him just because Derrick Henry's not playing uh, because Jonathan Taylor's taken the Colts and kind of put him on his back and kind of helped lead them to quite a few victories. But that will end, I mean, I mean, he'll be, <laughs> because Derrick Henry's not playing, of course, Der- um, Jonathan Taylor will kind of come back into that because obviously mm-hmm. it has to because he's not bringing any more numbers into it. But like you said, I think if they can get Derrick Henry back in the playoffs, um, 
I mean, against the Ravens, the Colts kind of stand a chance. I mean, you have to look at the playoff picture right now in the AFC, which is kind of a revolving door like we talked about with teams. But there's realistically, you got the Ravens, you got the Bills, you got the Browns. If they can pick things up, you got the Patriots. And then so you got an assortment of teams. But right now, we're not really sure who the clean cut, I mean, team to win that division is going to be. Um, as far as when they get into the playoffs, because right now it looks like the Tennessee Titans are in that position. But after the playoffs, or after uh, after round one, we'll see kind of how that all shakes out, especially as we get closer and closer to December and getting into the uh, January where playoffs actually kick off. I'm I'm just excited to see what Tennessee is able to do again in the AFC because I want to see them not get eliminated in the first round again against yeah. the Ravens. That was sad how Lamar Jackson just picked them apart. Yep. And it'd be nice to have a little bit of a bye week for him, get Derrick Henry fully healthy, and then take the take the league by storm with a big playoff run that's what i'm predicting yep all right so let's go move over to the buccaneers richard sherman is hurt again what do you think that's going to go to do to their defense um like how much key player do you think he is there and his leadership and what do you think that's going to do for their team uh, I don't think it's a good thing for him at all. I think, especially with all of the um, banged up players that they've been having, the, the the defense has been a pretty rough spot for this team against the Washington football team with all the injuries, all that stuff. And I don't, I, I think it's a bad thing whenever you lose a guy like Richard Sherman, where he's a he's a veteran guy, he's a leader on and on and off the field. I mean, not just like on the field when he's playing and off the field in life, but I mean like on and off the field when he's on the sideline and when he's in the, on the field. And I mean his uh, offense or his cornerback coach couldn't coach. And so he said, okay, let me take over that role for you. Let me kind of step up into that role. And that's the type of player that you need, not only on the sideline, but on the team, because he's a vocal leader. He can make things happen. He was trying to build chemistry with this team. He was playing well. He's making tackles. He wasn't getting interceptions, but he was getting, he dropped on a, uh, got a fumble recovery. He got a bunch of tackles. He's making plays. He's making, uh, he's getting involved. And that's the type of cornerback that you need. You need a physical guy that can body up a wide receiver, make an interception or just make the tackle. And that's exactly what the Bucks need, especially as they're going to kind of push to the playoffs to make sure the, the, uh, the defense doesn't kind of sink themselves because last week, like I said, it was a pretty bad week for the Bucks, and they need to bounce back and kind of put this behind them and kind of come strong again. But, I mean, he injured himself in, in warm-ups, which sucks because mm-hmm. that means he could have played in this game, and now he has to be out for two, maybe three weeks. I mean, he could go on the IR for a little while. We'll see exactly how that all uh, kind of comes to be and what exactly happens. But I think just having him around your organization – we don't know all the stories of what's going on inside of, uh, of, the, of the training facility or anything like that, but we know what he's able to do and the vocal leader that he is and the type of person that he is on and off the field. And so I think just having him around the organization, not even playing is a big upgrade for this Bucks uh, team. And then also when he's playing, I think he can make a, an impact and a change. He just needs to be on the field growing with these guys, learning from these guys, because if he doesn't get on the field before the playoffs start, I think that could be a major problem for this Bucks team because if you try to throw a guy like that in and this team's starting to build, kind of starting to get back, getting on the uptake, getting guys more healthy and stuff, and then you bring Rich Sherman in and he hasn't played much, that could actually just be a liability. So for his sake, I hope he can get on the field soon, kind of get build the chemistry with this team, play with his uh, play with his guys, play with his team, and then kind of chase the Super Bowl. Uh, with this team but on I mean it's just that that has to suck to be warming up and yep. you injure yourself again with a I think it said like a phase two strain in, uh, in his calf so yeah it doesn't sound very good but yeah, hopefully very unfortunate. He, hopefully he can come back here shortly yep all right 
Joe Flacco is going to be quarterbacking um, in this week's Jets game. Uh, I think the what's his name? What's the other quarterback's name? Mike White. Playing. Mike White. Yes, he uh, had a very bad showing <laughs> um, this past week. And so, how do you think Flacco is going to do? As they're still wait, waiting on Zach Wilson to get healed up. Uh, I don't think the expectation is going to be too high on Mr. Uh, Flacco, especially after Mike White's. I mean, he had one good game against the Cincinnati Bengals, and then things are kind of just falling apart. He got injured against the Colts, and they tried to come back in this game. Four interceptions. Not going to cut it for a team that's trying to get some wins here and get some wins in the win column here, and, and that that's not going to help you st- keep your role. And also, it's not going to help that you say you should have been in a first-round draft pick and mm-hmm. you throw that many interceptions. We talked about it. I mean, like, if they can get a quarterback that can cut out the interceptions, that's going to be a great quarterback for this team. Joe Flacco just needs to come in and do his thing. He's the only quarterback on this roster right now that has veteran talent. I mean, uh, Mike White... We have never even heard of Mike White until yeah. this season, and then all of a sudden he comes on, has a big game, everyone's talking about him, and then th- that yeah. happens. And that's just what happens if you're not a veteran guy and you're not in the league for very long. I mean, it's nothing a fault to the dude. I mean, every team that's has th- going through growing pains is going to have this type of thing happen. If that was Zach Wilson on the field, they would have him back next week because they're building around him. Yep. They're not building around Mike White. That's just not what this, uh, this Jets organization is doing. But I think Joe Flacco could definitely limit the interceptions. He has to. He's got to get uh, his guy, Elijah Moore. He's got to get uh, what's Corey Davis involved. He's got to get the running game involved. He's got to do just the simple stuff, just the simple dump-off passes, maybe some deep stuff. Don't do anything too too flashy. And also, I think a lot of some of the interceptions are on the wide receivers. We saw with Mike White. We saw with Zach Wilson. The wide receivers are just letting the ball bounce off his hands and into the, uh, into the defender's arms, and that makes life very easy as a defender. You're just going to run underneath the ball as it gets tipped up in the air. Got to cut that out. Got to make sure everyone's on the same page. But it, it, it's going to start with um, Joe Flacco leading this team because they don't really have another option besides Joe Flacco. Yep. They traded for him from Philadelphia, and they need to make sure that he's, he's going to make the right plays for him. Like I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, Joe Flacco has some history with this Jets team. Do I think he's the type of quarterback that can save him for the long, long run? No, not by any stretch. Uh, they're going to need to get Zach Wilson back because what we're seeing here is the Jets are a kind of a sinking boat, and they're just deciding which captain's the best one to bring them to, to shore to patch things up. And then for the long run, I think as soon as you can get Zach Wilson back, the better. Unless unless Joe Flacco can be the type of quarterback that can lead you to wins and doesn't throw a bunch of interceptions, just put Zach Wilson back in and let him try to do the things to go through the growing pains. Because right now, mm-hmm. the Jets can't put anyone in there that's going to give them any sort of resemblance of um unless they go trade for a veteran guy that's proven success but i mean right now they have the quarterback position just looks like this tossed by the wind like who's gonna be the guy who's gonna be the guy oh this guy's had success and then he lost his sea legs and now he's and the ship's kind of going back and forth again and so if joe flacco can do what he needs to do win them a few games i think robert saw would be very appreciative especially if this is his first year as as the head coach, um, I don't believe in firing head coaches after one year. So if I think if he can pull off a few more victories, I think he'll be fine. Especially this season with all the injuries to his star quarterback. Yeah, it's just been a long, it's been a long and winding road for Robert Saul. He's got to be frustrated, especially because he's had opportunities with Zach Wilson leaning back in the ball games, the interceptions, the the turnovers. That it's not ba- uh, basketball where you can have five, six turnovers and still be fine. This is the NFL. You can't throw more than one and be fine anymore yeah. because these teams can take advantage of that pretty quickly. Um, but, I mean, if uh, Zach, I mean, Zach Wilson just needs to get back, 
put him in. Like I said, if Joe Flacco can um, kind of p- patch up the boat, perfectly fine, leave him in for as long as he would like to. Obviously, need to wait until Zach Wilson's fully healthy, and then some just to make sure he doesn't get injured again. But they just, I think, I think at this point with with the Jets, I think it's best if you. I don't really like to say that you need to put the the rookie quarterback to the uh, Lions all that much, like feed him to the Lions. But it, at this point, you have no one else that's proven that they can be your quarterback, let you have success for multiple, multiple weeks. And until you find that, just keep Zach Wilson in and let him do his thing because yep. literally every quarterback has the same amount of success as Zach Wilson. And I don't know if that's like a Jets organization fall and that's and the coaching staff needs to have a revamp under Robert Sala or if that just has to do with the quarterbacks and the players that they have. I really have no idea. We'll figure out more as this league go, uh, the season goes along. But right now, it's been a long and winding road for a very young <laughs> Jets yep. team. Yeah, we'll have to see how Flacco fares. Maybe maybe he's that guy, maybe he's not. But, yeah, like you said, probably just need to let Zach Wilson go through the ringer and uh, get that veteran talent as he moves on through the, through, the, through the years. All right, let's switch gears as we're wrapping up. Talk about commentators. We don't do this a lot, but talking about the new Thursday night football team, we've um, grown accustomed to hearing the voices of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, but now Amazon's taking over, and maybe Joe Buck will be replaced by Al Michaels. Yeah, I mean the the uh, the yeah yeah as you said Amazon's taken over, uh, and they want Troy uh, Troy Aikman, but they do not want Joe Buck. Apparently, they're eyeing Al, Al Michaels, and he said he's open to doing the gig with um with Thursday Night Football. I don't understand why, because normally Thursday Night Football games are terrible. I don't know why anyone yeah. would be willing to do that. But I mean, if 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 he wants to join join Troy Aikman and do that, that's fine. But I mean, I mean, does that mean Joe Buck's just gonna do? Uh, uh, what is it? Sunday game of the week. Game of the week. Yeah. Is he just going to do that one? And then, and apparently he's leaving Thursday night football, which is kind of surprising when I read that last time. I'm like, yeah. wow. Oh, they're just okay. Bye. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not like he's been doing this for a very long time or anything. I mean, Joe Buck and Drakeman are like the like the dynamic duo <laughs> of yeah. of Thursday night football and uh, America game of the week. So that's going to be kind of a shock to the system. A lot of people that any people that actually watch Thursday night football games, because normally unless you have a podcast like we do, we don't really watch Thursday night football games because they're usually not the best. Yeah. And we saw that against the Ravens and the Miami dolphins, mm-hmm. which was a very wild ride to go on with the, <laughs> with the team. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like you said, I think that's a little bit surprising. I like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on a team yeah. for Thursday night football. I think that's what makes Thursday night football fun is having them kind of together. But if Amazon decides that's what's best for the <laughs> best for, uh, there's night football, a little bit of a makeover, a little bit of a change. Um, if they decide that they want to put their own kind of fingerprint on Thursday night football and that's the way they want to do it, I mean, I don't think I think that's that's fine. I mean, uh, I didn't even know Amazon was in the race to get yeah, Thursday night either. football. I'm like, well, really, we're yeah. we're selling Thursday night football now. Okay, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those how Al Michaels and Trachman what their chemistry is like, and people it's don't like really football. like realize. Yeah, it's it's kind of important to the. Yeah, how it the gets viewership. Viewed. I mean, yep. if you're if you're if your chemistry's off and and it just goes down, it can go downhill very quickly. Yes, it can. <laughs> it's like they're both they they don't have the right nuances off each other. I mean, it's not going to be Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. They need a few years to figure things out, and uh, yeah. if they want to throw their rookie batch of guys in together, that's okay. Well, yeah, it's they a rookie are, team. They are two very well known. They're very uh, well known, but they're, so we'll have to see. It might be it might, it might be work. Good, it might be bad, you know. But they're they're rookies in the well at least one of them is on Thursday night football game. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, it has been good chatting NFL um, sports and commentating. Uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for hopping on. Let me hop on and do yeah, this. Yeah, always fun. Yeah, it was great. All right, see ya. See ya. God bless.